walking wounded here tonight of uh, uh, the, the panel. And I'll talk about that in a second, but we're here to talk about the U S open, a great U S open uh, from this past weekend. Uh, talk about the, the, the updates on the, the live tour another a couple more defections today, and we'll preview the travelers championship, which is really traditionally a really good regular PJ tour stop. Really uh, a tournament that's kind of made its way the last five, six years into being a really good event. Uh, so as I mentioned before, the walking wounded, including Zach Lear off of uh, some nasal surgery, first time back since I think we did a show in February about kind of fitness and golf and how it all relates. So good to have you back, buddy. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fantastic, man. Like I said, when before we started, this is the first time I've been able to fully breathe through my nose for probably five years. And so uh, I got all kinds of energy here going forward. So. That's that's great to hear. Breathing is is something you would take for granted. So I'm glad you've you've got that you've got that feeling back. Uh, Zach Fitzgerald is back. He wasn't on with us last week. Zach's been fighting a back injury, so that's what he's dealing with. Zach, how are you? Uh, we are getting better. Still struggling a little bit to sit, but luckily the golf game is uh, available again, which has kind of brought the sanity level kind of back to a minimum of, of insanity. So other than, you know, the sitting issues, uh, everything really is kind of seeming good. Looking forward to playing Brookwood this weekend, actually. Nice. You're, you're in the field. Good to hear you're back and playing. Um, you are filming this from, from your car for anyone that's going to be watching this on our YouTube channel. Um, it looks pretty comfortable though, at least, at least right now. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Zach. You got the heated seat on in there i I, I do not but jeeps have pretty comfortable seats to begin with so no complaints i feel comfortable lounge back it's pretty comfortable good i I was mentioning these guys that uh, before we went live that uh, i dislocated my my pinky my right pinky finger uh nine days ago uh playing baseball with my son and never barehanded baseball even for kids that don't pitch very fast just not a good idea so um back in place, feeling better, like a grip of golf club. So, um, but yeah, we, we're, we're definitely the walking wounded here. And, uh, but let's, let's talk about the U S open guys. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, wins his first PGA tour tournament, but also first major, obviously been a stalwart on the European tour for a few years. Uh, I, I guess a guy that I've always thought of like a poor man's Jordan Spieth in a way, uh, for the last few years, but he's really re- reformed his game quite a bit this year until this win. He's played really well on tour this year. Um, and it, it culminated in, in a Sunday where he hit 17 of 18 greens. He really didn't miss a shot, uh, which is, you know, I, I guess I never thought a couple of years ago we'd be talking about this guy being such a good ball striker, but um, made a bunch of clutch swings down the stretch and including one of the best shots you'll see on the 72nd hole. Uh, Fitzgerald, what were your thoughts uh, on Matt Fitzpatrick? Uh, I feel like I've been a Matthew Fitzpatrick defender on the show. So vindication for sure. Um, Aside from that, 
You know, I think the Spieth comparison is a really, really good one. Uh, aside from the fact that I think he drives the ball significantly better than what Spieth does. Uh, probably doesn't putt it overall as well as Spieth does when Spieth is putting well. But uh, I think that comparison's fair. Um, watching him <clears throat> on Sunday, I really thought that, that it was nice to see a guy that, you know, I, I guarantee we're not the only people uh, that have doubted him. And, you know, I think I was talking about the fact that he's basically graphed every shot he's hit over the past seven years, you know, including practice rounds, you know, every round. And that shows a level of commitment that, you know, in my mind kind of deserves to be rewarded. So I was glad to see it. And, you know, to see Rory come up to him and say something like, you know, put the work in, you deserve it. You know, I thought that was really, really nice to see. Yeah, I, it, from, from all accounts, it sounds like this guy's worked his butt off for the last three or four years that he he found what the weaknesses were in his game and he really attacked them. And um, and, and and Zach Lear, the, 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 the gains he's made driving the golf ball, as, as Fitzgerald mentioned, I'm just going to have to call you guys by last names because uh, just – it's just too much, but, um, the Zach attacks. Yeah. The Zach attacks. Um, but I mean, it really paid off on Sunday going head to head with a pair with Will Zalatoris, who's one of the best drivers on tour. Sorry, Zach Fitzgerald, but it's true, but he was, I mean, he was consistently ahead of him and, and that, that makes it, it makes a difference in sort of a mono mono situation. Don't you think? Oh yeah. I mean, anytime you're, anytime you're a less of a club going in on a regular basis on a day that, all pressure is there. I mean, it just makes you feel better. And if you feel better, you feel more relaxed. You feel more relaxed. You make better swings. I mean, I think it just, it just goes hand in hand. I, I, I read, um, I was reading a couple of, of things from, from writers I follow on Twitter. And, you know, one mentioned the 2016 Ryder Cup in Hazeltine when, when the U.S. just, um, you know, took, took the Euros to the woodshed. That was Fitzpatrick was on that team and he was completely lost the whole week. Even the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits this last fall. I, I can't remember Fitzpatrick doing anything. So he's made a ton of strides just the last couple of months. He is now top 10 in the world. And, and Fitzgerald's right. He does defend him a lot on the show. Um, you know, we talk about him being a good bet for top 10, top 20, but when it comes to winning, there was just this, I, I haven't seen it yet. And uh, so I was impressed. What about the shot on the 72nd hole? Uh, Fitzgerald, was that, was that as good as advertised or were you like, okay, really good shot. But I mean, I don't know. Was it, was it everything people built it up to be like this kind of one in 50 shot? I mean, I had, I had trouble seeing how steep the angle was. And from TV, I think, you know, Augusta shows that, that, you know, you can't really exactly tell how steep it was. So I'm going to have to take their word for it. It was obviously an incredible shot. Uh, certainly in the situation, it was world-class shot. But if it is what they were saying where, you know, basically he had to cut it, what, 15, 20 yards around that and then hit it to 15 feet, yeah, it's a world-class shot and, you know, one of the greats on 18 to win a major. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's necessarily kind of right up there in the lore with Bubba on, on at, at Augusta, but, you know, great shot for sure. It was when he hit that ball, he hit it so clean and it came out so high that I instantly knew it was good. I mean, I don't even think that you could just tell from his body reaction and the way that it came out of the sand that that was struck perfectly. 
So yeah, it was it was a great shot. Lear, the 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 fact that he won, I, I think we heard about this about fifty times on the weekend from NBC that he won the twenty thirteen U.S. Amateur uh, at at the same golf course at the Country Club. There is there something to just being comfortable on a certain course and you have good memories if you played the work well there before, you know, is there just something to that? I mean, it, it would be kind of like a home court advantage. I mean, what, what's the, what's everything you're saying about, about him is he hasn't won yet. He hasn't done it yet. And the only place he has, and not the only place, but he won that big event. So, uh, and so you've, you've done it, you've been there, you've seen it it becomes replicatable. I feel like in your mind, you're not looking at that. I hope I can get it done here on this place. I don't play well. You know, Uh, you're like, I've, I've done it here before. I just need to go out and execute the shots I need to take. And, and if I do that, I can win. And so that's, it's a different confidence. And and it goes along with being 10, 15, 20 yards ahead of your partner or the the group, you know, uh, when you're looking back at them and they're looking at you with an eight iron and you got a wedge and Fitzgerald, you're, you're a much better player than I am in that sense. Like, don't you feel more confident? Like, I'm like, I got to hit this 155 yards. You're hitting 130 yards. I mean, it's, it's just, a it's just, it just makes you feel better. So I feel like those two things just really set him up for a good weekend. The, uh, Fitzgerald, the, the Will Zalatoris uh, factor. Uh, we we know your feelings for him. Um, you know, going back a couple podcasts that that you said you don't you don't get it. Um, do you, do you still feel that way, or is this, this guy to me is he's one of the best players in the world right now. He just hasn't won back to back runners up in majors. Uh, I feel like he had this one right on the tips of his fingers and kind of let it slip away. Uh, were you impressed with him more, or were you kind of like oh, that's 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 kind of what I thought. That's 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 how I felt. I felt about him that way for a reason. I don't want this to be misconstrued that I don't think he's a great golfer. He's a PGA Tour golfer. He's amazing. I was unbelievably impressed with his golf game. His, so I went back and, and was looking at the past three majors this entire year. And really top 10 should be quite easy to figure out because it's been, you know, a mixture of Scheffler, uh, Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Thomas, and Rory. Those five guys have almost been in the top 10. And I think actually they may have been in the top 10, aside from maybe Thomas and just the previous one. But yeah, but you know, he's impressive. And the thing with him is I just think that there are guys, like I said last time, that are going to come out and beat him. And that's exactly what happened. He just... And I have no room to talk. I'm not a good putter. But he he just doesn't quite make enough putts. He hits the ball as well as anybody. I mean, really as does. well as anybody. 100%. Yeah. But he just... I just think there's always going to be somebody that's going to... Not always. He's going to win a major. I have no doubt of it. But there's going to come a point a lot of the time where I just think somebody's going to make more putts than him. But... It- in statistically in majors so far this year, he's been a very good putter. He's, he puts better in majors than regular tour events for whatever reason. I just think I, to me, he's like the new Brooks Kepka when Brooks had it figured out a couple of years ago, how to elevate his game in majors. I think his game is just 
more well suited for difficult setups. It, it really brings his game to the top, it seems. And I, it's so, we've talked about how hard it is to win in certain tournaments on the PJ Tour where you guys maybe deserve to win and they don't. And then a couple months ago, Spieth won the Heritage when maybe he didn't have statistically his best game, but he still somehow won. I, I just feel like Zalot's horse has been a little unlucky. He was unlucky at the PGA and, and this tournament where I, you know, most most of those times it might go his way, but um, I, I'm still optimistic. I still feel really good about him winning a, an event soon, whether it's a major or not. But um, Lear, what do you think about Willie Z? Is he, is he one of your guys? Because I fully adopted him as one of my guys every four. I mean, I, you, it, he's really hard to bet against uh, placing, you know. Um, I thought this week he looked bigger and stronger. Like uh, when, he, when, he, when he competed in the Masters, it looked like a kid, right? I mean, he looked like a kid that was out there playing and, and there. And I thought he carried Sunday a little bit more of a swagger to him and had and just seemed a little – I didn't look at him like, man, that's that young kid that's out there playing. I just looked at that guy's a PGA tour golfer and he's got a chance to win today. And so, I mean, I, 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 I like him. I mean, I think he's fun. He just, uh, he just, again, sometimes you just got to get that win. And once you get the win, you know, it it can all change from there. I, I, I had a bet on him to win, so I was obviously rooting for him. Uh, I, I'm just going to simply auto-bet him to win every major going forward. I'm, I, I'll probably bet him for the Open the, at St. Andrews, even though I don't think it's necessarily a great fit, but I'll just probably just do it blindly anyways. Uh, what else from the Open as far as U.S. Open, as far as anyone else? Scheffler just continues to get in the mix pretty much every tournament. Uh uh, Rory was ultimately disappointing for me. I, I said last week's show, I put the largest bet I've ever put on any player in any tournament on Rory this week. And he teased us and, um, Fitzgerald, what were your impressions on, on any of those guys? Morikawa was an absolute disappointment. Should have won that tournament by four shots. Yeah. Third round. Horrid third Saturday. Round. Yeah. Just horrid. Um, I would say that aside from Fitzpatrick winning, the coolest thing I saw was the love that Keegan Bradley was getting from the Boston fans and the Boston fans are kind of notorious for loving their own. And I just thought that that was, I thought that was pretty cool. A guy that, you know, obviously a major champion, a guy that, that has been playing well recently. I mean, you can't say he's been playing bad, but certainly hasn't been a star over, let's say the last six or seven years. Uh, but to get the love that he got, I thought that was really, really cool. And then, you know, when he finished out the last hole, the the applause he got and uh, the love he was giving to the crowd, I just thought that that was really cool. Yeah, that was that was a good moment. And uh, uh, Keegan gets he gets some shit sometimes for being <laughs> slow, kind of annoying to watch. Uh, I've said that. I did I did put him in my best bets last week, top ten plus six hundred. So I hit that one though. Uh, yeah. what, what what else from you, Lear? Anything else? Um, Sheffler's just a, a bad man. I, I like him. Um, you know, he's really, I do a lot of work with Wyatt and him and Wyatt used to play against each other all the time. So I've gotten to hear some neat stories about how competitive they used to be and that kind of stuff. But, um, my big goal for myself this summer is all about mental attitude on the course. And I think he is the prime example of that. What was it? The first hole he hits great ball and he's in divot. 
And, and it's in, it just, it just doesn't even look like it's a fun lie. And he just kind of smiled about it, walked up and he, and he, what he threw up to like 10 feet or less and yeah. makes the putt. And you're like, oh. and he just happily hands his club to the caddy and on they go. And so for me, that's something uh, I'm watching with these guys a lot this year is just how do they, they, they manage their mental side of the game, you know, physical stuff for me comes easy. It's, it's the mental side. I think I struggle with the most. So I'm fascinated with him right now because he just never really looks to lose his cool and just plays. It's, it's a great point. And uh, he, he comes out and he just, he does everything you need to do at the start of the round Sunday to get, into contention being a couple shots back it's what i was hoping i'd see from rory which was like three birdies in the first five holes but scheffler just continues to put himself in position and we know it you can't get it done every time but just being there i think i think is really meaningful because we know if you put yourself there enough times you're going to come out on the right end of, of the stick which he has certainly this year um i, I did mention probably Probably the best year since Tiger's great years. Like, even if he doesn't win again. I can't. Maybe Spieth. Maybe Spieth Spieth in 2015 was pretty awesome. Maybe Spieth in 15, but I think Scheffler has more wins than he does already right now. Spieth had the two majors, but was it only? I don't remember. Yeah, two majors. Just pretty. It's up there. Pretty crazy year he's had. I mean, we're really. I mean, if you think about it, we're really only halfway through the year calendar year if we're going by calendar year yeah he's arguably the best player in the world right now i mean the the number one ranking on him is is a a good fit and he's fun he's kind of fun to watch he's got that awkward swing and um i mean just just gets it done and so it's it's fun it's fun to me because you see that it doesn't have to be the perfect swing to get it done it's just a swing that fits him that he can execute and and that alone gets it done for him. And it's not trying to be this picture perfect swing. So it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, I don't like watching him play golf. <laughs> we can't all swing <laughs> like you, Zach. I know. I, he has a better swing than me. It's uh, not even close. <laughs> well, he what's he six? Uh he's gonna be six two, six three. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. I mean, that's, that's unfair. You can't teach that stuff. I mean, normally when you're talking about, you're talking like basketball at six, 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 eight, but even at six, uh, which makes what, uh, uh, Matt did so incredible, you know, at five, nine, he's smashing the ball. Um, He's he's Fitzgerald size. Yeah. Yeah. He's five, nine smashing the ball. So what I what I see, he went 181, 185, I think was the high he had ball speed. I mean, that's that's cooking. Let's 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 transition right into that. Um, there's been so much focus and distance in the game the last, I guess, three four years. I mean, it's it, it's always been a focus, and really since Tiger came to the picture, it's obviously was helpful to his career being if not the longest, one of the, the the longest. Obviously, as his career went on, he found out different ways to get it done. Um, I, I guess at the end of 2019, when Bryson started bulking up and really focusing on becoming, uh, going from an above average hitter to one of the longest hitters and maybe the longest on tour outside of maybe Cameron Champ. Um, 
So that that came into full focus. He got it done in 2020, winning the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. It sort of validated his his goals and his uh, his focus, which was I'm I'm going to hit it past everyone. I don't care if I'm hitting it in the rough. I'm just going to chop it out. I'm going to have more birdie chances. All this stuff. So I remember at the time Fitzpatrick came out and was pretty critical of Bryson and the focus on distance in the game. He made some comments at the end of 2020, but he obviously took it and, you know, took some of what was happening uh, to heart because he really went to work um, and he started working on it specifically uh, from what I've, what I've read the the middle of 2021, even up, up until now. And that's, that's working with uh, the stack system, these speed sticks. Um, So I was, I was looking at his numbers, his, he was swinging at 112 miles per hour in 2019, which was around 120th on tour, um, about a 288-yard average. That was outside the top 150 in distance on tour. Now, three years later, his swing speed's up about four and a half miles per hour. Um, it's, it's not like he's the longest, but he's in the top 70 now. Um, and he's hitting 325-yard drives uh, 15% of the time. I mean, that's, that, that's, those are huge gains. Um, and I know both you guys know, you know, numbers on track, man, and, and so forth, picking up a mile per hour on your, your, your club head speed or your ball speed is especially ball speed is, is huge. And it, it really matters a lot. I'm interested in both your takes on the focus on distance the last couple of years. And I know Fitzgerald, you and I talked a little bit with, with Callahan when he came on um, and, you know, talks about some of the kids that he's teaching chasing distance and, but there's gotta be a focus on accuracy. Where's the fine line. So Fitzgerald, I'm interested in your take on it, what Fitzpatrick did. And maybe is that something that you've tried to look at in your own game as well? Um, I think what he did obviously helped him. And at the pro level, I think, you know, it's getting to a point where you almost have to hit the ball farther. Are we ever going to see a Zach Johnson win a major again by not going for any par fives and two? I just don't know that that we may ever see that again. Um, For me personally, no, I don't think my body can take it. So I'm just going to continue to try to hit greens and maybe make a couple more putts and Sometimes that's good enough. Sometimes it's not. Um, but by, by, by the way, I played. I played with Fitzgerald. He's a good putter. He's a good putter. I mean, I don't know why he's he's downplaying it. Like he's he's out there like uh, Keegan Bradley. <sighs> Talk to any person I play in tournaments with. I'll tell you, I don't make putts. Well, uh, but I think we may need to send you to Doctor Bob to have that to to have some discussions on that mental thing. We could talk more about that, but I feel like the physical side <laughs> of things, Zach, we could, I could help you with more, uh, but maybe Dr. Bob needs to get inside that head with that putter. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we just need to hit greens and fairways. Yeah. But I, I will say that, uh, I will say that I fought against the distance thing for the longest time. And, you know, I kind of thought that it was going to be a gimmick for a while, but you know, the guys that are chasing distance are now starting to catch up in accuracy too. We got, you know, Roy Ransberg who hits the ball an absolute mile, but also is unbelievably accurate. So, you know, I think he's won every Fort Wayne Golf Association uh, tournament so far this year. Uh, I, I haven't seen if he was playing Brookwood yet, but I can only assume he will. You know, he won City there last year. So, uh, you know, I would assume that, you know, certainly one of the favorites there. So, 
you know, he's kind of proving that even at the amateur and, you know, local tour level, that distance is, you know, a premium now, you know, when, when you play with him and, and I don't, I don't hit the ball far, but I, I certainly am not sure, you know, he's still 50 yards farther than I am on, on a lot of drives and, you know, his ability to cut corners on par fives where, you know, that's not available for most people is a major advantage. So, you know, I think we're just seeing the progression of what Tiger started, you know, 20, what, geez, 26 years ago. Um, And it's finally, you know, when it first started, everybody was just swinging out of their shoes. And I don't think that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, accuracy with it but i think what these guys are doing now is they're getting up to their max speed and then they're bringing it back four or five miles an hour and you know their 80 percent is now you know 110 percent of what they previously were and with 80 percent, you can have accuracy so yeah i i think it's huge i hate to say it but it's huge well there's a bunch of ways we go with this but the 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 track man digital readout stuff that we can get allows you to uh jump out of your shoes in a more con- more structured way right so you know Rory's he got that GC quad in his house so we just stand I've seen him stand under the tree at cobblestone and just hit balls and hit balls and he d- does it in such a repetitive motion that you can increase speed because you're building that memory and you're building that, that repetitive thing. And so there is some good about that, but I feel like, you know, Bryson does some really good stuff about showing that speed can win and you can get that. But, you know, if you drive, I always refer to the human body as the Ferrari. Okay. Like you're a, you're a Ferrari. Some people may act like Pinto's, but you, the body's pretty complicated and pretty impressive thing. So really you're more like a Ferrari. It's just how we take care of ourselves. But I don't care if you have a Pinto or a Ferrari, if you drive it at Redline, eventually it's going to blow up. Okay. And so um, that's where Bryson got to. So the difference between Bryson and Tiger, because Ty, Ty, Tiger kind of blew up, right? He's got all these injuries. He did heavy bench, heavy squats, heavy traditional workouts. And then was so strong that he could create a lot of torque and power. Um, Bryson found some golf specific ways to go crazy. And, but they both kind of pushed the red line. Right. And that's why I think you're seeing Bryce Bryson now is injured, has been injured and he operates constantly at that red line. Okay. And, and he dials it down a little bit, but even in his training, I mean, he put on like 40 pounds. I like, astronomical right when 10 pounds and some strength would have done it right but instead he puts on 40 pounds and he's trying to go for 200 miles of ball speed or you know and so it's like he redlined it and that's why i think you see him hurt um and then you got fitzpatrick over here who kind of went about it in a calculated way i mean this isn't a, a two three month or a winter project for him this has been a a almost three years. Like I said, in in the last two years, kind of to go off what you said, he went from 165 mile an hour ball speed to 180, 185 mile an hour ball speed. It's a two-year process, right? And so, I I mean, the stack system, I've never used it. Um, I've read about it and I've watched it. And I know Bickler, a local guy, uses it for his stuff. 
Um, but he's doing more than just the stack system. And, and he's putting that face, like, like Zach would say, he makes such good contact with the ball. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, that to me is really the important part. So it's gonna By the stack you. system, are we talking about the three different color sticks? No, that's a speed stick system. So a stack system is a little bit, and, and they've got a six or seven minute video that explains this way better than what I would. Um, speed sticks are a form of high speed training. Okay. So you've got three differently weighted clubs. And the goal is just as a, a level one entry into this is you swing as fast as you can with, with your swing right. You flip to the left and you swing as fast as you can three times. And then you go to the blue and then you do the same there. And then you go to the red and then you go back to the green and that high intensity builds speed. It teaches the body that you can operate at a faster speed, but in a sense, it's kind of like a red line. You're pushing your red line up. You're pushing your red line up. The stack system to my knowledge has a more, it's a, it's a digital piece of equipment. And so it's responding and working off of a structured program. Like it's telling you to swing faster or to hit this speed and to do these things. And so from there, you're not necessarily redlining. Okay. You're, you're building. And that's where, like, again, the, the I, I'm not a huge fan. I like speed sticks, in the sense of, I had a guy that came to me the other day and his club head speed was down like six or seven miles an hour, uh, actually eight. Um, and he's like, I can't figure it out. I'm swinging slower. Well, then he started telling me about all the thoughts he was thinking about and his swing and all this stuff. And I was like, well, one, uh, that's way too many things to think about when you swing. And two, your body has forgot how to swing fast. Take this thing, run through this protocol real quick. And so his first swing with the green was like 72. By the time we got back to the green, he was at 94. Now he didn't gain 20 miles an hour of speed. His mind shut off and let his body operate at the, at what he is capable of doing. Does that make sense? And so Absolutely. there is, a, there, there is a place I think for some speed training equipment, but it's not the end all be all. Like most people that come to me and like, I want to get faster. I, I bought a set of speed sticks and I was like, have fun till you get hurt. Okay, because you can't push your body one way without expecting it to eventually break down. Okay, most people that come to me that want to get speed, I'm I'd rather like see what their body's capable of doing and then increase what their body's capable of doing. Half the time, the person that comes to me with the speed stick and is like, I want to swing faster, uh, can't even lift their arm straight up, you know, like, so to get into what we call an external position, right? So there's no way they can even maintain the turn because once they get to where their arm has to be up, they stand up and then we make this whole move to get back down. So we're doing all kinds of shit to create speed when if they would just swing slow and make better contact, they'd probably hit it just as far. So if that guy, I want to free his body up to make a tighter turn. And if he can make a tighter turn, he can produce more speed and never have to swing a speed stick. Does that make sense? And that's where I think the TPI stuff really comes into play. And that's like, like you're taking these excellent golfers and showing them some weaknesses in their body and they eliminate the weakness in their body. It frees them up. Now they've just got four or five miles an hour of additional speed with never having to do that kind of stuff. So the stack system, Lear is you're 
you're okay with it, but you also prefer some, some, which is kind of what we talked about in the February episode, working with your body and kind of making it uh, more applicable to your golf swing as far as fitness and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, all that stuff, speed sticks, orange whip, all that stuff is just a, a small tool in the arsenal to me, right? I guarantee you that Fitzpatrick is not only doing the stack system. Like he's working with somebody. He's, he's not pushing the envelope or trying to see if he can squat 500 pounds, but he is definitely working with his body to make sure that his body moves productively. And then he takes the stack system and now I can charge this. I can go after it with the stacks because I'm not really operating at the end of my range, right? Like Zach would be able to say, anytime I want to swing harder, well, I usually do something to make that swing happen. And that's not necessarily what we need to do in our swing, right? Then now I'm, I'm a cutter of the ball. The harder I swing, the harder left I go, the more the face opens up and the slappier my shot gets, right? So what, what if I gain six miles an hour of speed? Does that really help me? Probably makes me worse because I'm swinging faster with shittier form. Or puts more spin on it or yeah, things like yeah. that. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on Fitzpatrick. I, I, obviously, he hasn't pushed the limit with the stuff physically like you mentioned Bryson did. And now, and now we're seeing Bryson has really broken down quite a bit, multiple injuries, especially with the wrist. Um, I think he's had back stuff the last year. Um, but yeah, physically you haven't really heard about what Fitzpatrick's doing. You're just hearing about all the, all the stuff with the, the speed tools and so forth. I guess the stack system's what 350 bucks. It's on back order right now. It's the oh, hot yeah. item. Well, and uh, McKenzie Hughes or McKenzie, uh, I forget the name of the guy who created the stack system. Um, oh, I got it. Know, I got it. Uh, it's, it's uh, I, I just had it. Uh, Sasha McKenzie. Yeah. So uh, he's made a buttload of money. That he has. So, and he's not, they're not going to go. I don't care who his fitness trainer is, or if he even has one, or if Sasha McKenzie is his fitness trainer. uh, The product coming from a fitness trainer, the product sells easier than the trainer. It's easier to spend 350 one time versus 350 a month or sometimes. You know what I mean? When you go with these personalized sessions or things like that. Um, especially with what these PGI, I'm sure the PGA tour guys are spending a, a buttload of money on their bodies. Most right. of them, right. Uh, maybe not Harry Higgins or uh, some of those guys, but um, John Daly, it's all, it's all relative to the situation. But I, I like I said, I guarantee you um, he's doing something different, something to improve his body. Um, and the stack system is the, the weapon of choice to take it to the nether level. Does that make sense? Yes. Gerald, any, any final thoughts on that? Uh, no. Um, other than... You, f- you faded into the darkness I, completely. He did. Turn your light on. Yeah. I, well, if I turn my light on, then the car might... Uh, you know, it's really not any better. I'm just... Then I, you can't see the shirt, so we'll keep it on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, you know... I don't have anything different other than obviously work for Fitzpatrick. It's worked for DeChambeau, although he did win prior to that. And I, I think with Bryson, he would have continued to win and would have been one of the best players in the world without. But, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Um, 
but on the distance stuff, it, it's obviously important. Um, you know, what Zach does uh, certainly helps people's golf games, undoubtedly. So it's it's something that that probably everybody at some point should look at. And as you get older, I can tell you personally, it's getting harder to physically stay competent for the entire season. See, and probably by my doing, honestly. That's where I think the conversation needs to shift a little bit to. Um, you've got to hit the ball farther, okay? Maybe not on the local level, but that, but you're going to have to find a way to get the ball 300 plus, okay? I mean, or, or at least close, right? Like, there's, there's no doubt about that. But where real strength and fitness and an understanding of your body comes into is, When's the last time you had one foot in, one foot out of the sand trap? When you're in that position, you can't really use your lower body. So you have to be able to kind of, okay, I can lock my lower body in here and still make the torso turn that I need to make. Okay. And, and a lot of people can't do that. They get in there and they can't get the, the, the balls two feet below their feet. And so they, they, you can't get themselves in that position. Your body breaks down over a time frame. And so what like Fitzpatrick's doing, and a lot of the guys are, is they're taking better care of their bodies because the, the PJ tour is now basically all year. What do they take? Like three weeks off and they got the turnaround season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, not to go too into the live yet, but you're looking at these guys thinking, man, I'm going to be able to make more money. I'm only going to have to play five events. I'm going to make money. I can play less, right? I don't have to play every single weekend. And right now you've got to play every single weekend to really make a living. Unless you're some of these bigger names who are winning more or have the endorsements. That's I won't go too crazy, but that's why Rory drives me crazy because I feel like he's talking from a, a, a a level above everybody else because he doesn't need the money anymore. Right. And I know he's the PGA rep and tour rep and all that stuff, but he's criticizing some of these guys for chasing money when you already have all the money that you want. Now, irrelevant to what they're where all the money to me in that, and that is so mm-hmm. much that it's all dirty. It's all, it's all coming from stuff. You said earlier in this, that the commercials on Saturday or Sunday, Saturday, were ridiculous. So you don't think people were making money there? You know, they, they were making hand over fist. They're not giving that out the way that they're getting it in on any level. So um, I'm sorry to diverge, but like, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we're going to get there. So let's Good. just, let's Down just, let's, uh, let's move in that direction. Uh, so it came out today that our uh, Brooks Kepka. Not not a well kept secret, and based on what his press conference looked like last week at the U.S. Open, you kind of felt like it was headed this direction. But he, um, you know, sources say he he's committed to the live event next week in Portland. Uh, Abraham Answer also defected today as well. Um, you know, I don't know, and I said this last week with Johnny in Belleville that you know, I don't know what domino it's going to be where I'm, I I go, oh crap. The, the tour's in trouble. And I said, it's probably not Brooks, but if you look at it on his face, you've got Brooks, Bryson, DJ, Patrick Reed, guy, four guys that are um, all major champions, all still in the prime of their careers, not necessarily any of them playing great golf, but those are four big names that have left the tour. I didn't have a huge reaction to the, to the Brooks news today, but 
it's still it's still happening and there's you still don't know i think it's also the unknown of who else may go you know morikawa has been rumored victor hovland's been rumored is the morikawa away from like oh shit the tour is really in trouble um fitzgerald i i know we've talked about it quite a bit um belleville and i kind of went head to head last week a little bit on you know he understood some of these guys which i see his point i see his point on a guy like uh chase kepka who you know, can't even make starts. So of course he's going to take the money versus a guy like DJ, who's got over a hundred million dollars in the bank or, you know, allegedly, I guess Paulina might be spending his money, but um, that's a guy I didn't quite understand. So where, where, where do you lie as we sit here today with two more key guys from the tour going to live? I love the fact that there's a live tour. I, I, it's more golf. I don't, I don't understand why anybody dislikes this aside from the PGA Tour. And in all honesty, the PGA Tour has no right to, to dislike this. We, From what I understand, we're not allowed to create monopolies in the United States. And for some reason, they're acting as though they have a monopoly over the golf game in the United States. And that's ridiculous to me. Uh, these guys should be able to go and make their money however they want, and nobody should be speaking on another man's money. There's no reason for it in my mind. I don't understand it whatsoever. If these guys want to go and get paid $150 million to go play there, that's fine. If the other guys don't, that's fine, but nobody needs to be saying words about it. There's no reason for it. I mean, I understand they're public figures and they get asked their opinion, but like Rory, he's been having all these these comments with like vitriol in them and Justin Thomas has been saying that and you know they're they're all making this you know out to be them against Greg Norman and I don't understand it I don't understand why if we're trying to grow the game of golf why we're trying to squash something that could grow the game of golf and you name four names I can name Oosthuizen Bubba Watson Charles Schwartzel I can name numerous other players that are all good golfers numerous people from the European tour that if you watch the European tour it, it, they are popular over there so the tour it's not like there's a bunch of guys that nobody that nobody knows now i don't think the pga tour is in trouble under any circumstance i don't think that the pga tour is ever going to be in trouble hopefully what will happen is we will have two alternatives of watching golf and and we can watch both of them and and it will be good golf both ways and then when the majors comes together Maybe we'll have a little competitive juices between the PGA Tour guys and the live guys. And I just, for me, I don't see how more golf that will help the game throughout the world is bad. You know, I wasn't sure where you were going to go, on which side you were going to be, but I, 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 not jump. I agree with him wholeheartedly on this. I mean, I think it's it, where. Where'd the PGA just get $50 million to do eight more events? No cut exactly like this as a competitive, you know what I mean? Like, so all the things that Phil and these guys were saying per se, is kind of true. Give them their money. I mean, now we're also talking about a bunch of millionaires whining about this. So I'm also not too upset about it, but I, I'm good. 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 Zach. I'm, I'm on Zach's side. I, 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 I see the point, although I, I don't necessarily agree that more golf is better. I let, I want to see the best players in the world together playing more events like we just saw this last weekend. Um, I don't I don't want to have to stream uh, YouTube uh, and, and find these events and then also pay attention to PGA Tour event. Number one, because the, I, I just I just think 
I'm not a fan of the format. I, I just it, when I watched Charles win a couple weeks ago, a little bit, I was like, oh my god, there's like, it just felt like a dead exhibition. Um, maybe it'll be different as it grows. Um, I don't know. What I saw last weekend made me think that the majors will have more more legs now than anything if 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 this is going to continue down this road with uh, some people playing live, some people playing the PJ Tour. I just think now the majors have even more weight um, because that's truly going to be the time where the best players get together. Now, the the other huge domino to fall, and we were talking about before we went live, is is are these live events going to get World Golf ranking points? Because if they don't, um, that's a huge factor with these guys trying to qualify for majors. Of course, some have exemptions like DJ um, for, for a couple of years into these, these majors. But if, if they don't hand out world golf ranking points to the live events, then, then that's something substantial for guys to consider uh, if they want to leave the tour and risk not playing in the majors, because that's, that's obviously the huge career uh, benchmarks for that. All these guys play for besides the money, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that the majors is is what was holding multiple people back from defecting immediately to the live. You can't offer people this much money to play golf, less golf, make more money, put less wear on their bodies, be able to see their families more, be able to pick their destinations and expect them not to do it. It, it doesn't logically make sense to say no to that. And, and people... And I'm probably going to make myself look terrible to a group of people here, but morally, I don't care where the money comes from. I'm not a moralist. Like Zach said earlier, I believe pretty much all money in the world is dirty, truthfully. So I I don't see any reason not to take that money. Um, To kind of piggyback off what you said, I mean, there's Nike swishes all over Rory. And these players and China has just as many human rights violations and uh, just as bad of people per se as as what they're trying to make out the the other the other side the Saudi side to be right. So it's almost hypocritical again to tell me that you're so much better. They're almost like criminalizing these guys for just wanting to go make money playing a sport that they love. I do it because I love it, not because of the money. When the only logical truth is that they're scared that their accomplishments going forward are going to be looked as less because those players are no longer in the tournaments. And that's the only thing that can possibly be bothering them that's actually logical. Everything else is just pettiness. They're going to be making their money still. They're still going to be making their money on their tour. No reason to squash another tour. It, it just makes no sense to me. None. How about you, Phil? What do you think? Uh, well, I, I've, I made my opinion known if anyone's been listening. I, I just think I just think it's bad for the game of golf as a fan because, again, I just, I just see things getting more divided as the weeks go on here. And I just I, – I, there's just so many things that I don't like about it. I get, I get the guys going and why they're going. Brooks Kepka got he probably got wired $125 million today. It's it would be hard to say no to that. I get it. Um, I just think the, the the golf fan will suffer because the best players in the world are going to be all over the place. And I want to see them together. Um, and that's that's my main focus, really. Um, and I, I I know there's been a lot to come out 
about the PGA Tour? What what are some of the you know? And Mickelson exposed some of that in in all maybe the wrong ways in the fall and 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 the winter talking about the PGA Tour hoarding all this money. And well, maybe some of the money's coming out. <laughs> we talked about where the fifty million dollars come from that they have this idea to create an eight eight event series for the top fifty players. Which, by the way, is Jay Monahan's rebuttal to, I guess, piggy. It's kind of sort of piggybacking off the live idea, right? Like you're still putting the money in the same people's hands, the same fifty people. Yeah, you know I mean, like if that if they said, "Oh, that's cool," and it's open up to all these other people to try to get that money, I would be more at. I mean, like, I can't. I don't know what. The well, it's it's, it's a way to is. keep. It's a way to keep the stars. That's that's uh, who they're focusing on, right? I get yeah, it, I- but. I mean, it is a direct copycat and, and it is showing you that the live tour is, and just in my opinion, great for golf because competition breeds improvement and the PGA tour is never going to change and adapt and get better if they're the only show in town. Now, all of a sudden, somebody is offering the players more money, better situation for themselves, more home time, more everything. Now, all of a sudden, the PGA Tour wants a couple of people more jump now are basically exactly parroting what they're doing and then trying to say that they're not. And uh, to me, it just it just absolutely everything Norman and Phil have said about the PGA Tour. And I love the PGA Tour still. I mean, I will watch yeah. it. I have no issue with it whatsoever. But they're being hypocritical about this entire situation. So I got a question. Yeah. Cause you're talking about watching the best players in the world. How the PGA tour now plays every weekend, almost all year. How many of those events really have the top 10 players in the world in them? I mean, most okay. of those events are two to three stars and then a filtration of a bunch of guys trying to get better. Right. I'm, I'm so, glad you brought that up. Because I, I I have said there's too many events. There's too many events. I think there needs to be some consolidation of – I think there's got to be more of an offseason. The wraparound season, I, I mean, I watch it. I like golf. I bet on golf. It's fun. But I don't, I don't think there has to be a full fall season, the wraparound. I really think – I liked it when the tour started in Kapalua in January. Um, I like the offseason. So I, I, think, I think there needs to be less events, more off weeks and more of a focus on taking care of the events that really matter. Um, yeah. That's, that's my thought, but I, I know why the tour did it again, sponsorship. It's all, you know, money, the whole thing. I, and, and, and to, on f- some of what Fitzgerald said, yeah, I think, I think Jay Monahan has handled a lot of things really poorly with this. And um, from the tour standpoint, um, I, 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 I agree with that for sure. Um, but th- I think that's my main, my main thought was, there needs to be less events throughout the year and people will start caring because I mean, outside of a few hardcore golf fans, not a lot of people care about the rocket mortgage up in Detroit. Right. They just turn it on. It's background. I mean, unless you're, unless you're a heart, you're a hard old, then yeah, you're like, Oh man, I can't wait to see what Detroit golf clothes looks like this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had a whole show on the worst events on the PGA tour and, And that was your idea. <laughs> I was. And I mean, and it, I mean, it's true. There's, I, I, there's man, too I give, many. I give Fitzgerald like, the keys one time and he comes up with the worst events on tour idea. Well, I mean, you know, it's just like any other sport where 
NFL expansion, NHL expansion, NBA expansion, it creates a watered-down league. And I'm not saying that it's not good for the sport because more money, more profit sharing, more revenue is always good for the sport. But it does create a more watered-down league. So, you know, this wraparound thing has created a bunch of tournaments where there aren't guys that everybody wants to watch. Well, you know, the live tour, you know, smaller, smaller events, less events, you know, people are going to be more excited about it, which is also going to give the opportunity for more people to come up and play on the PGA tour and create more stars. So for me, this is not just good for the guys on the live or the top guys on the PGA tour, but this is giving an opportunity for guys that would not get an opportunity to come in and play. And maybe one of those guys is, is let's just take it from a totally apples to oranges perspective but maybe one of those guys would be the sixth or the sixth round pick of the patriots and end up being tom brady of golf and it's i'm just saying like there's got to be somebody that never got a shot that could have ended up being something and more golf creates more opportunities he's like no it doesn't no No, i I, also creates more watered down but i get but i get it i get it but 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 I get your point, but I just don't, I just think living it. I just, I just don't think it's going to, I mean, it's going to be around because there's, they're funneling billions of dollars into it. So it's not going anywhere. I just don't think it's it. I just don't think there's anything that's there. That's competitive. I mean, I think there's an argument that these live golf, these live guys, when they come back and play majors, that they, they could be worse. I think this might, be. this might make them worse players. Could be, but like the difference with golf than a lot of other sports to me, you know, the Detroit lions are going to suck. Okay. They may have a year or two where they're good, but there, there's a, there's a head office, there's a coaching staff, there's players, there's all the Gatorade guys, all these people that require that the the Detroit lions to be good. Right. Golf's different. Golf is like, you're telling me that if there was a PGA tour event around or live event around and Rory was going to play in it, Ransburg, you wouldn't show up and, and go watch him. Like you're, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I went and watched city because I knew he was going to smash the ball and watch Heath Peters and Rory play. And that's our local level. Right. So it's different. It's, it's different than watching a, a crappy basketball team play the Warriors. Okay. I mean, you're, that's not fun. That's watered down just to watch them play 20 times a year to me is boring, but uh, that sure. the golf ball changes every day. Sure. But I, I feel like it's, it's, it's an exhibition at this point. They're, 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 they're playing they're, They've already made their money. They're of course they're playing for more money, but there's, like the U.S. Open, there's history to it. There, you know, the PGA Championship. Major. There's, there's major, major, but 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 not even the major. Some of these, like you know, winning at Riviera, the it's not the L.A. Open, but basically, uh, winning at Pebble, history. There's there's some meaning to it, and I just think there's it's kind of soulless at this point on live. There's that's I mean, that's why I make the point of it being an exhibition because there's no prestige or anything they're just they're just they've already made their cash and they're out there just swinging 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 the club hitting golf shots but i don't see anything yet to make me want to say i care about this like i'm really interested to watch well and that's the good I, part. that's the best part of life is you don't have to you know what i mean like you can true. turn the tv on on sunday and watch the pga tour zach can we can live stream for free the whole live 
uh, thing without having to flip from Peacock to Golf Channel to ABC to all the that people was that terrible. got their, yes. all their people that got hands in the pot. I just turned Facebook on or or YouTube Live, and now I'm watching the Live Tour, and I can stream my computer. So to be fair, I can watch both of them at the same time and not have to change the channel for the Live. I, I agree with you sure. the history, but you can't have a history until you have a beginning, right? Thank you. So, sure. so thank you. Again, I just think that my, my big issue is they're not criminals. Okay. The criminals are the 15 people who flew into the buildings. Okay. Not the guys playing tour. Okay. So to tell Phil Mickelson that because he went to Saudi Arabia or to, to overseas and is playing in a place that already has tour events in it, right. They already go over there and let them play and let them do things to say that they're, they're terrible people and they're almost making them out to be criticism. And you're writing them a letter talking about how they like, to me, that's just, that's next level selfishness in a sense. Like, and again, I don't want people to think that I don't think that was terrible stuff. Obviously Uh, my grandfather passed away the day before the day before. Okay. So I've always thought it was a, a special thing that he didn't have to be alive to witness that. Okay. And it's a memory for me to, to do that. He passed away without having to know that that's the terrible stuff that's in the society. But to me, to say that this golf tour and Phil Mickelson now supports that is a really tough pill to swallow. Okay. And so I just think that they're not criminals defected. They're like, they're not criminals. They're just guys trying to feed their families and live in really big houses. I think that, you know, you were talking about the history aspect and I'm kind of with Lear on this that, you know, and I've always looked at, you know, when people are, let's take basketball or football, for example, you know, free agency, you know, people are always talking about, they want to go to the teams that, that, that wants to, they want to go to the winners, be able to win championships. But, you know, every team at some point that's been in the doldrums has had to have some guy that said, you know, I want to be the guy that brings this team out of this. And then that guy becomes a legend and loved forever. And yes, everybody is chasing all these things on the PGA tour, but on the live tour, they have the ability to create things and, and they could be, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of live. And, and to you, Phil, I understand that that's not important to you, but we can't look into the future 10, 20 years and see where we're going to be. And, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, we may be saying that the PGA tour has become the second rate tour in the world. And the live has become number one. Now I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, it is completely possible. So these guys are taking a chance, but you know, you got to take chances and, I don't think that it's the worst thing in the world. I just don't. And I know I've been kind of passionate about that, but this is, it's the first time I've gotten to talk to everybody about it. And it, it really the whole hypocrisy of the PGA tour has kind of been bothering me. I, I, you know, I, I definitely see your points and respect your opinions to me right now. Live is live is like the USFL from the eighties. That's, that's my best comparison at this point. It might grow to be something bigger, better. And I'll be interested to see if the PGA Tour recognize that and they decide to work with them instead of against them. Um, and there, it, might, it might come to that point. The European Tour, we're waiting on what they're going to say. Uh, Keith Pelly, the CEO there, he's yet to say anything. Are they going to decide to work in alliance with Liv, because they're going to get bought out by Liv. But that's 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 a huge domino. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you might see the PGA Tour purchase the DP World Tour or Live purchase them. I think that might be the next step in, in this. Um, I kind of love what you said, though. I think them splitting and going some different directions and them coming back and having to do the majors, like, I, I just don't think that if, if Liv sticks around for a year or two and really has some grip and the people go, they're, they're going to have to, because the European tour is already saying, they, they haven't said anything real static, but they're not fining or cutting, kicking their players off the tour if they play in the event. They're letting them play both. Okay, so they'll have a push for them to have world rankings so that they can be competitive and all that stuff. Right. So I think that the the majors are just going to become even more Phil's back or Brooks is back. And once this dies down, like to me, if Rory's comment about I got one more than Greg Norman or whatever was ridiculous, like just play just I know he's the player's rep. Okay, just go out and play. That's why I didn't like Brooks for a long time because when he came out, I was like, oh, the only time you ever see me golf is when I'm playing in these events. That's it. Other than that, it doesn't mean much to me. Now, if you notice, once he said that, he's had a pretty sharp decline down, right? I don't care if that's how you think, but you are a role model at times for people. And so for you to go and kind of disrespect hard work and ethic like that, slap in the face. And I feel like that in a sense is what happened to Rory a little bit is he got so caught up in all this other stuff and defending Justin Thomas too, defending this and making those guys look like criminals per se. They both really kind of played like crap. Like just JT really played like crap, but Rory, when he needed to, was his mind really where it was? Fitzpatrick or, uh, never said a thing and never said a word about this the whole time. And he just went out and won a tour. Did he look, he looked stone cold on Sunday. Right. Will, I haven't heard Will's comments on any of this look stone cold on Sunday. Rory looked like he was kind of lost on Sunday. You know, like, where's your mind? Your mind's so busy. I'm better than Greg Norman. Is that really who you compare yourself to Rory? Greg Norman? Like, I don't, I feel like you, you're already above him in player status. Why are you using that as justification? That's a good question. Is he above him in player status? Are we talking about career comparisons that we mean later? I I don't know. I mean, I'm not the, the historian yes. that you yes. two are, but um, I don't know. I, I, I It's a close match. It would well, be. It is. Norman was – he's an all-time underachiever, though, as far as his performance being that close in uh, so many majors. I mean, yeah, he could have had five, six, seven, but – I would say Rory is just as equal in underachieving as what Norman is. Lately, yes. Yes. I mean, fair, fair point. Yes. I mean, they've both collapsed on the back nine of a major to lose it. I mean, it's it's not it's, as far off as it's what, probably not. what Rory wants to try to make it out to be if that's what he's doing. So but Rory's um, got Rory's got time on his side to change that. He's 32 years old, right? I think he's a little bit more likable too. I mean, I think the shark, they called him a shark for a reason. I mean, he was that Rory is a little bit more likable, you know. I mean, he's a he's a really good guy. I mean, if well, Rory walked in the room, I sure as hell would shake his hand and be like, "Hey, we love your swing." But <laughs> I've I, never seen anybody wear a great white Rory shirt. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. All I know is that this podcast today, uh, I've always liked Zach, but I'm like, 
I gotta spend some more time with Zach, man. I feel like we, we're jiving on this stuff right now. So <laughs> maybe I can help that back if you, you just gotta come, build it, and and they will come, man. Let's yeah, put you ahead of Rory Ransberg. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, but. I, I, okay, well, I'm glad glad you guys enjoyed your little two on one fast break here on me. Um, uh, let's we're we're already an hour in, so we're not going to do the full preview we normally do on the Travelers. I just want you guys to tell me a couple guys you like for the week and and and, and the odds and, and why. Uh, Fitzgerald, who you got? Uh, so the Travelers, I was looking playing a par seventy. I think it's playing at six eight hundred yards. Um, so you know, I don't necessarily think that that distance is at a premium this week. So guys that I like uh, would be Burns at plus 1,800. Uh, I like Finau at plus 4,000. I know that goes against our saying about distance, but I just think, you know, Tony's been playing better, and I do think he's going to break through at some time. I like a guy like Fleetwood in this position. Uh, I like Simpson. Um, you know, we haven't seen Jason Day in a while, but Jason Day has been playing well when we have been seeing him. So not necessarily for a win, but, you know, at plus 650 for a top 20. Um, Stuart Sink, who has previously won here, uh, has been playing well, and you can get him for plus 1600 for top 10. And then Callahan Elsie's friend, Patrick Flavin, you can get him at plus 3500 for a top 10 and plus 1200 for a top 20. So those are just some names that I was looking at uh, when I was going through the list. Uh, I think Thomas is a good pick here too. Uh, plus 1000, but you know, those aren't necessarily odds I like, but I, Thomas is fiery right now. And when he's fiery, you know, he tends to win. Okay. Lear, who you, who you like this week? I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near as skilled at this betting as, uh, Zach is, but um, I kind of like Aaron Weiss. I think he's a good putt. He's putting well right now. Um, I, I mean, I'm a DraftKings guy, so he's like five thousand to one or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so I think he's got a chance. I mean, it's not like you said; it's not a long course, and so play well. He's good, a good iron player. Um, I like Siwoo Kim too. I think he's just again, it, it fits his kind of uh, style. Um, now I got my brother went to school with Russell Knox. And so um, he's, Mm -hmm. I think he's, he's there. He's not been playing super great right now, but I feel like, uh, um, I I don't know. My brother talks one here in the past though. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's what it was. So my brother was talking to his caddy the other day and, and he, and they're pretty fired up about this event. So um, I feel like he's just kind of been on the verge of breaking through. And so I got him to place top 20, um that and then um yeah that that's really where that that was my my kind of of thought for that i love the russell knox play 200 to one uh for the win but yeah i like top 10 top 20 he really was playing well in the earlier in the the season maybe dropped off a little bit but again good feelings coming back to a place he's won uh we talked about that earlier in the show uh, I appreciate I appreciate the picks here. I I like um, I like Spieth this week at plus two thousand. Kind of a no show last week. I think he uh, uh, you know kind of maybe re-energize himself. A place he's had good feelings at. We remember the whole bunker shot from twenty seventeen when he won the playoffs. So I like Spieth at plus two thousand. I'm going to echo what uh, Zach said with Finau at plus four thousand. I think that's a great number on Tony this week and his game has been really good. I like Brendan Steele, a place he's had multiple top tens at plus 6,500. 
Um, Joel Damon, going back to the well, played great last week. Uh, he was in the leaderboard the whole week. His ball striking was top five for the week. Uh, 100 to one to win, uh, plus 800 for a top 10. I like Joel as well. Uh, that's, that's I think, all I got as far. I also like Bo Hostler. Bo's been playing really well. Uh, he got in the field today. He's 150 to one. So a couple plays. Uh, we'll put out our best bets Wednesday. Uh, uh, that- I, I, I will say that. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, I love the insider information that we just got from Zach. I think that that was pretty awesome. And I knew that he would get no argument from you on Russell Knox because Russell Knox comes out of your mouth quite often. Uh, and yeah. Just, so, just like Jason Day for you. Yeah, which is true. I mean, right. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you but, talk about J- Jason Day every week. And I'm like, where is he on the leaderboard? I haven't seen him in a while. I didn't. Even, I thought well, he was tired. You know, I like to have faith in him. So, but yeah. Hey, Zach, you know, or Fitzgerald, you know, who played really well last week, who was up there the whole week. It's, it goes back to our, our, our year long bet. Oh, man. Uh, Hayden, Hayden Buckley. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was. You know, I saw that. And I, what, the first day that he was like second <laughs> or third on the leaderboard at one point. Yes, pretty early on, but yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, I was. Around. I think I was at one of the high schools floating hydrants. And I like, looked that up. I was wet, so I, I was struggling to text. But I was thinking about texting you that, like screenshotting it and seeing how long it was going to stay relevant. Top fifteen. That's a good. That's a good finish for a guy like that in the U.S. Open. Um, Zach Lear. Uh, Plug uh, longevity fitness. What you guys got going on? Uh, any deals? Just go go ahead. It's your space. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, well, it's my birthday. I turned forty one June nineteenth. Right. Okay. So um, I- I'm running a special this month. I'm doing uh, ten, maybe fifteen free assessments. So if it, I, I've, if I had four filled, that's why I said I would do maybe 10 more, uh, but I got four filled. Um, so I'm doing 10 free assessments. And basically the assessment is I look at, we, I run you through 16 movements. I take a pretty good look at your body and I can tell you what is either hindering your swing, what is helping your swing. Can we fix that? Or do you need to play chest? Um, but you know what I mean? So I, yeah, I got yeah. that. And then, um, I just released a six week mobility program, uh, that we're having a lot of success with. Um, I got some real, it's really fun. Scott, Scotty Peary's doing it right now. David Belleville and Matt Schmidt are both on it. Um, and so, I mean, I got, there's probably like 15 or 20 guys that have, have been signed up for that. Yeah. Um, for the six weeks, it's a hundred bucks. It's all online. Um, everything's linked to a video. So like, uh, if you, you get on, you look at your workout for the day, it takes about 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, and what a lot of do, people are doing is sprinkling it in throughout their workout. Um, uh, but basically, um, again, I'll always say that you may come to me for golf fitness, but I'm going to improve your body's ability to move. Okay. Most people that I see are not playing professional golf. They're trying to win uh, a local tournament. They may be playing some collegiate golf or that kind of stuff, but really to improve your body, like I, I back to Fitzpatrick a little bit, but to improve your body to swing a golf club, you need to be able to just squat 
lift things up off the ground and that kind of stuff. And so with the mobility program, uh, we work with some rotation, we work with the hinge, we work shoulders, hips, and, um, one other thing, uh, and core and core. So each it's three days a week, each day has three sections to it. Um, and it's all based off around those things. So it really, it's all about, even though it's a golf specific thing, it's really just about giving your body more capacity to move. And if you can move your body better, you can swing a golf club better, right? I mean, you don't have to sit out. You can play all year because you're not forcing your body um, to get into positions because I don't care what kind of speed you create, but if you're having to turn all the way to the end of your range, the outcome will never be the same. Okay. You'll never be able to replicate that because your, your body hopes to get back there as opposed to like, like Zach said, 80%. Okay. For speed is a big deal. Well, if I don't like take John Rom now, he only turns so far because of an injury, but look how short his backswing is and how much power he creates. I guarantee you, he could really probably turn deeper than that, but that would mean he would have to reach farther back into the bag and then have to try harder. And when you have to try harder results, don't typically come right. Not, not positive, messy results come from, from trying a hundred percent, I guess. So, um, yeah, the mobility program and the free assessments are really what we're doing right now. Everybody's playing golf. I mean, you should be, this is golf season for most of my people. Um, even my collegiate athletes right now are, they're, they're playing in tournaments and trying to qualify for things. So, um, we got, everybody's pretty busy right now. That's why I like the mobility program for a lot of people. Cause it's 15 minutes. Um, and it's just about improving your body. Yes. I, uh, I, I, I contacted you about it. I, I still have to make the purchase, but I'm planning on doing so. I'm very, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm classic for like, I'm going to do that. And then I never get around to it. I think I've been talking to you about coming to see you for quite a while. So, uh, we, we got to connect on that for sure. Um, yeah. so longevity fitness, catch them on, uh, Facebook, of course, um, go to their website, check out all their, uh, great stuff, Zach and his wife. Um, and, uh, yeah, appreciate you plugging it. Zach Fitzgerald, nothing to plug, but his golf game this weekend in the amateur open. So root for him yeah, out of Brookwood. Um, I will not be in the field again. Sad, sad, sad. I will have to play the qualifier in July to try to make the city. So that's where I'm at. Unfortunately. Me too. I'm going to Chicago for a concert this weekend. I tried to play in it, but my wife said, no. I'm playing tomorrow on the Fort Wayne member member. So I remember guests. So that was my, that's my golf for the week. Nice. Well, That'll fun. be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Zach Lear, Zach Fitzgerald, the Zach show officially commencing here. Appreciate it boys. Thank you guys. Good Thank to see you. you. Uh, check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram, YouTube channel as well. You can watch this whole wonderful podcast with Zach Fitzgerald in the dark on our YouTube channel. Uh, check out our picks this week for the Travelers Championship. We'll be back next week to break it all down and talk some more golf. Thanks for joining, and we will catch you next time.